Money Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Well, we've come to another weekend almost. It's Friday when I put this podcast together. I don't know what it is when you listen to it, but it's Friday when I put it together. Hi, I'm Don McDonald. This is the Talking Real Money Daily Podcast. And the date, well, just for the heck of it, it's April 17th. 2020 as we continue to struggle through possibly the most annoying that's the best word i could come up for it the most annoying period of time i think in my entire life and i'm in my 60s i don't feel like i'm in my 60s but i am it's a fact of life so there you have it well, um, something occurred to me this morning after watching the stock markets around the world for uh, several days, weeks, months now, actually. I've watched the markets more in the past month or so than I think I've watched them in the last 10 years. But my observation is this. It's fascinating. Markets back above where it was um, about five weeks ago. So it's recovered all of the last month of losses. And suddenly, very few people are upset about their money. All of that complaining about how the world was coming to an end and should I get out now, it's gone. It's disappeared. Now, I want to ask you, those of you who got out a month or five weeks ago. Do you think that was smart? Now, that doesn't say that I knew anything because I didn't know anything and I've never claimed to know. But I do know this, that in anticipation of a terrible event, the market tends to overreact in fear and for a lack of knowledge. And then when the picture gets clearer, we see this, this huge increase we've seen in the past few weeks. I don't know what it's going to do tomorrow. I never have and I never will, which is why I try to encourage you to stop playing this game. It is not about, just about, the returns. It's not just about safety. It's about, like everything else in life, balance, finding a reasonable balance between those two things. You need to take risks to make money, but you don't want to be stupid about it. And I want to give you an interesting example. I went back and looked at the past 20 years and three months. In essence, the entire 21st century for the S&P 500 for a globally diversified portfolio like we talk about, which is roughly 50% U.S., 50% international at any given time. It's basically all of the stocks in the world and short-term bonds. And I looked back to January 1, 2000 through March 31, 2020. So it didn't have the April bump in it. The numbers will look actually better with April thrown in if we ended April today. But it's really interesting. Short-term bonds over that period of time, because interest rates fell, and this is the only reason, because they tend not to have much of a net return, they 
returned over that uh, over this century, the 21st century, about three and a third percent, a little under three and a half percent. The S&P 500 over that entire period of time returned just a bit under five percent per year over that 20 year period, 20 plus years period. And then I hear from people all the time, people saying, well, Don, you know, you always talk about how we should have international stocks in our portfolio. And, uh, well, those international stocks, they just they haven't they haven't done as well. Um, perspective. I keep talking about this. International stocks bailed investors out between 2000 and 2010. They didn't do as well from 2010 to 2020. But, but wait, let's look at the century, the 21st century, the S&P 500, just a bit under 5% per year on average. How about a massively globally diversified portfolio over that time? One that we use that has a little emphasis on value and small cap, which sometimes work and, it works and sometimes doesn't. Doesn't really matter, though, because... So far in this century, that global portfolio has returned, had returned in the past, just under 6% per year. Wait, that's a lot more. It's almost 20% more. And yet everybody thinks internationals didn't work, but they did work. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They saved you from individual markets and their volatility. Oh, speaking of volatility. The S there's a there's a term, there's a, a way to measure volatility. It's called standard deviation. I'll give you a quick uh primer on it. If a security never went up or down in value, like a 30-year T-bill doesn't go up much, up or down much. They do go up and down a little bit, but it would have close to a zero standard deviation. Well, over this century so far, the S&P 500 has had a standard deviation of right at 15%. This is not, it doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a measure. It's just a way to compare. However, had you created a portfolio in 2000 that was 60% globally diversified stocks and 40% short intermediate bonds, your average annual return would have been right at 5% per year. That's almost exactly the same as what the S&P 500 returned over that period. Isn't that interesting? Well, here's what's really interesting about it. The 60-40 portfolio did that same return with two-thirds of the risk. The standard deviation for the balanced portfolio, listen carefully, was 10%. The standard deviation for the S&P 500 was 15%. Same, almost exactly. As a matter of fact, the return for the balanced portfolio, the global stock and bond portfolio, was just a tiny smidge higher, but let's just say it was exactly the same for argument's sake, as the S&P 500. So you get, or you would have gotten, I don't know what the future is going to bring, you would have gotten the same return as owning the S&P 500, the U.S. stock market, with 33% less 
volatility, in other words, the fear factor that is built into markets. Do you see why we continue and always have? We don't claim to know anything, but we tell you you need to have the right portfolio for your particular risk profile, not just tolerance. Because why take more risk than you need? You need to know how much risk you're going to take and then how much risk you, you, you can stand. So this is why it's so important. If you can't do it on your own, get a good advisor. A good advisor is worth his or her weight in gold almost. As a matter of fact, Vanguard keeps saying that a fiduciary advisor who works with you all the time has in the past in their studies added up to 3% per year. Well, if you're paying somebody less than one, aren't you ahead of the game? Yep, you are. Let's take a couple of questions that were sent into TalkingRealMoney.com. By the way, we can also take questions by phone at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. This question's about taking Social Security. When to take Social Security? Good day. Thank you for taking my question. I will be retiring in the fall and will be at full retirement age this spring. I've been struggling when to begin taking Social Security. Should I go ahead and take it after achieving full retirement or delay for some time and go ahead and draw down my retirement funds? Currently, I'm in a well-diversified portfolio, down about 12% this year, and am, and am in good health. I would appreciate your thought. Your th your thought? How are your thoughts? I said thoughts. She typed thoughts. Down 12% per year when you sent this. You're probably up a little bit more now. Um, that's not bad. You're in good health. That's great. I doubt your portfolio has the potential to increase your wealth to the tune of about 8% per year with total safety. Right? There's no such thing. So that's why we generally suggest, unless you have a family history of short life in retirement, uh, to wait. There's no certainty to this. You're playing the odds. But the nice thing about waiting is that your check goes up by about 8% per year for every year you wait, meaning that you're going to have a much bigger paycheck for the rest of your life once you reach age 70. So it's not that far. If you're at FRA right now, then you're looking at maybe, well, less than four years before you get that. And it's a pretty substantial benefit. I, I can tell you personally, I am going to wait. I'm not going to retire anytime soon, though. Thanks for the note. I really appreciate it. You can send your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com. Just click on the contact form or send them in to, um, or you can call them in to 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Let's do one more before we call it a week, at least for the podcast. Oh, by the way, tomorrow, Saturday, the 18th. Tom and I will be doing the show live. You can call us with your questions between 3 and 5 p.m. Eastern Time, noon to 2 Pacific, 855-935-TALK. So be a part of the show live if you want to. Next question is about annuities. One of my favorite topics. I am 60. My cousin is 63. We are both years retired. I have a number of stock and bond funds with a management company. 
He has annuities. Thus, he says this recent downturn was not a concern to him. He still had positive gains. I took a about a $22,000 loss in the past four months, but realized the market will make a positive comeback over time, so I've not made any adjustments. Understanding your view on annuities you don't recommend. They seem to provide a shield from large market depressions, so should I consider moving some investment money into annuities to sort of safeguard against major losses? Thank you, Don and Tom. I wouldn't. We're similar ages. Uh, again, you said the market will make a positive comeback. It always has. There are no guarantees. That's why you make tend to make more money. And you, over time, are, with a well-diversified portfolio, low-fee diversified portfolio, much more likely to have more money in the future than your cousin. But you're doing it with a little bit of risk. That's why I hope it is properly diversified, that you really do have a good manager, somebody who is a 100% fee-only fiduciary advisor. If they say they can sell you annuities, they probably aren't. Check that out. But I wouldn't buy an annuity. I would never buy an annuity. I've been in this business for 35 years now. And I would not touch an annuity product with a 20-foot pole, much less my money. I just wouldn't do it. So thank you for your question. No, leave them alone. Our number again, 855-935-TALK. Our website is TalkingRealMoney.com. You can send questions in there. Also, if you are one of those folks who, when the market was down, thought, I can't take it anymore and you're better with it now, remember, it might do it again. So if you might be uncomfortable again, you better get yourself a plan that includes knowledge of your risk profile and a plan for how you should build a portfolio to keep you comfortable and yet provide you what you need. There's no magic to it. It's hard work. It's patience. And it's finding somebody who's got the expertise to make this happen. That's why at Vestry, we always provide education through the show, uh, Real Investing Journal, and we always have and will continue to provide meetings with our advisors at no cost or obligation or with even a sales pitch involved. It's kind of a nice way to get questions answered. I was just looking at the list of all the folks who've called over, over the past, and I don't have the names, just you know, all the, I just had a list of the calls and we have probably had 30 meetings, 40 meetings or so. And it's so many of them. It's just quick meeting, answered the question, moved on. Some people needed our help and they came to the meeting kind of realizing that and many became clients, but we don't push you to do that. We just really want to help you. So go to talkingrealmoney.com, set up an appointment with one of our advisors. We are operating at absolute full capacity. We're doing online meetings or phone meetings. They work really, really well. As a matter of fact, um, it was my wife's birthday yesterday and we did a big family gathering on Zoom. It was fun. It was really enjoyable. As a matter of fact, I'm supposed to do a virtual happy half hour with all of the advisors at, uh, around, you know, at their homes in uh, just a few minutes. So, see, life goes on one way or another, doesn't it? Thanks for listening.
Tell friends, spread the word, have others listen to the podcast. You can email them a link. Just go to your favorite podcast service, and it usually says share or copy link or something like that. Share it with people because in this case, you don't need to keep it to yourself. The more people who listen, the better off everyone, everyone, everyone will be. Take good care of yourself. Have a great weekend. Call the show. I'm Don McDonald. that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?